sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, our number two on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh. And Kev, we were talking about some of these NFL news and notes, right? And for anybody who did not watch our number one, we talked about Leonard Fournette getting released, what that means for Jacksonville, where he might end up, and if you should expect it now or after an injury or something like that with the rest of training camp. We also talking about injuries, talked about Derwin James. He unfortunately is going to Missed the season after missing significant time last year. He reminds me of like Bob Sanders. Anybody who remembers the Indianapolis Colts safety back in the day, respected as one of the top three safeties in the game who can make a critical impact on his team, but just can't stay on the field. But Kev, another huge piece of news talking about someone who is not on the field. Saints running back Alvin Kamara has missed the team's last three practices, Kev, and um, they are saying it is because of a contractual issue. Kev, we know running backs who are young, who are on the precipice of their payday, have done this before. Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon. We have talked before, Kev, about mm-hmm. what level of running back can pull this off, right? Because we understand the way running backs are these days. And I got to tell you something. When we had that conversation in the pandemic, some of the names we brought up, we said Saquon Barkley was above that fold. We said Joe Mixon, we didn't know about, right? And he may be going through some of that as well. You and I both thought that Kamara deserved the money. And now he is taking a stance to try to get the money. How will this one play out? I think this is very interesting because you have a team in New Orleans that is win now. If you try to kick the can down the road with Kamara, what happens when Drew Brees isn't there? Their window is right now, Kev. Does that change Mm -hmm. the equation? Do you have to pay the man? So this is really interesting. Uh, I was reading up a little bit more in the extended reporting that Adam Schefter offered on this scenario. Okay. And he brought up that in the past, Alvin Kamara's approach to his contract situation was, you know, telling his agent, don't talk to me about it. Let me know when it's done. Right. Um, right. I didn't enter this league to get a big contract. I entered this league to play football and the contract comes. Right. Amazing. And he actually tossed out the idea that the holdout might actually be because the deal maybe is getting close. So maybe you don't want any injuries or nicks to happen kind of in the days building up to finalizing the deal. And that might sound far-fetched to some, but it kind of landed for me. No, you pull Um, baseball players off the field, right, before the trading deadline and that kind of thing because you don't want to damage the asset. Right. So I thought that that, you know, considering his comments and then the, you know, like that it held some water. For me, I think if you're the New Orleans Saints, though, you're going to want to get this thing done because as much as you can say, oh, we've got Latavius Murray back there, you know, I know, and the Saints know that Alvin Kamara is the more explosive, the better player, and that's why they're going to entertain these contract discussions here. I think I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't on the field for that opening game against the Bucks. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. And ultimately, if I had to decide or say something, I do think this gets done. I do think this is, he's on the field. My cautionary tale is always the Los Angeles Rams, though, Kev. They spend a ton of money at the, you know, running back position with the girly contract. They spent a ton of money at the wide receiver position, right? With Woods and Cup and Cooks at the time, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country. They give the big money deal to Wentworth, right? They got to pay Ramsey. They pay Jared Goff when they shouldn't have. Now, the New Orleans Saints gave all the money to Michael Thomas, are going to have to pay a ton of money to Alvin Kamara. They re-upped Drew Brees for his gold watch as he rides off into the sunset. Kev, at some point, are the financial walls going to close in on the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, very well might. Um, but I don't know if they care about that. Because their goal okay. is to get a super Because the window is now. With Drew Brees. With Drew Brees, right? yeah. And now the window can be extended if Breeze, you know, does whatever he does this year. Then they hand it to Jameis Winston, and depending on the contract, like, they might feel good about it. But we all know. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, like, it is, like, confirmed, reported, signed, sealed, and delivered that he retires at the end of this year and goes to the booth. So if that's the It's a two-year deal, technically, but everyone thinks that the writing is on the wall, you know, that that last year is just kind of a a gold watch kind of present, although there might be a Mm -hmm. cap hit on it. But you're right, especially if the Saints take down the Super Bowl 55, right? But I'm saying, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, he's already signed a deal. I can't remember. I thought maybe Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. I think it's Monday Night Football, but I think it's, like, it's not for next year. It's, like, the job in waiting. So he could have two left in him. But I hear you. I agree. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just think that at the end, you push all in, you make sure that you you get get this year done and you go from there. And I I think that that's fair because the thing is, right, like what's the worst case scenario, right? You 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 pay Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, you whatever happens this year happens. And then you look at it and you go, oh, man, we're in a tough cap spot. You know what? You've been competitive at the top of the South for a couple of years now. You've been making a push. If you have to reset. That's what happens in the NFL. No, I, I, I think I agree with you, right? And the reason is because if you're a Saints fan, your window is open as long as number nine is under center, right? And so, and if you realize that the time is ticking for that, I do, I'm okay with it being as a prudent decision to kind of shove all in differently than, say, the Rams with a young quarterback where they have to do look at it in a more longer term view. I'm okay with the Saints trying to, you know, shove all in now with their Hall of Fame quarterback. When we come back, though, it was an interesting day in Major League Baseball, Kev. We had the trading deadline, and I've talked about the um, locker room feeling if you see that your team is going for it. I think there were two teams that are definitively winners and young that are going for it. We'll talk about it when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here on the early line, putting the fun and functional sports content, giving you the edge here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, you know, it was a busy day in Major League Baseball. There are, you know, we talked about this 
beforehand, right? A, you have to make deals off the 60-man roster. That might be a limiting thing. B, all these teams were very condensed in the standing. So did anyone declare themselves as a seller? Well, some teams did, Kev, right? The Boston Red Sox have moved a lot of pieces. The Seattle Mariners have moved a lot of pieces. The Arizona Diamondbacks sold off one of their stud pitchers, right? So I do think it is clear that some teams were ready to sell, even the Baltimore Orioles, right? Who we thought it was funny. Would they go for it? No, they traded some pieces as well, some arms, to be clear. I am intrigued, though, Kev, not by the teams who were selling, but by the teams who were setting the signal that they were buying. And there is no stronger example than that, than our adopted team, the San Diego Dads. We talked about this. They were making moves before, and they are the team that wind up with Mike Clevenger in what has to be the biggest deal in the trading deadline, right? This guy now, Clevenger slides in as their number two starter, Kev, right behind Chris Paddock, the black hat they have also made other moves augmenting you know their 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 bullpen with the rosenthal deal they get starters here they get some bats as well the san diego padres are going for it and now in a playoff series which they will likely be in they're gonna start paddock and clevenger and we have talked about the top of the rotation as a recipe for upsets in this playoff in 2020 you gotta like what San Diego is doing. They're striking when the iron is hot. Their time is now, as Fernando Tatis says, they're going for the big cake. Like, not only are they going for it, right? Do you remember a team in recent memory go for it, though, as much as the Padres just did during this trade deadline? I mean, they made what felt like thousands of moves, uh, including yeah. comfortably the biggest move. And, you know, they're going to be ready to try and reap the benefits here. They have the second best record in the National League. The only sure reason do. they're not in first is because, unfortunately for them, the Dodgers stand in front of them. But this team is going to make a push. Like, they are no longer a narrative sleeper. Oh, I'm by- like, yeah. no, the Padres are legit good and got legit better at this deadline. Uh, they have my- the NL MVP on their team, okay? And he's not the guy who has a $300 million contract. That's Manny Machado. Okay, and they traded for a legit SP2, and they traded for a new closer, and that doesn't mean, you know, some of the other young kids they have. You're right. This is not only a win-now move. This team looks good for the foreseeable future, and they have, you know, Mackenzie Gore coming potentially as well, Kev. Yeah, Uh, you know, what was that that Ron Burgundy said about San Diego? But they're looking good. I mean, listen, everyone should apologize to Manny Machado. They're like, oh, this guy doesn't want to win. He wants to go live in the flat, nice right. beaches on San Diego. At the time, everybody knew they had the best farm system in baseball. That's right. Like, this right. was going to come. So, first of all, let's just get that out of the way. For, apologize to Manny Machado. Um, yes, but this project. Manny Machado was like Amari Stoudemire for the Knicks, the one guy that they could get there to try to build something. Maybe it'll work better for the Padres. Oh, stat. The fire extinguisher, <laughs> the Knicks. What a group. Um, I'll just say my my stupid Yankees fandom made me think that the Clevenger thing was more possible than it actually was. So I was just initially frustrated when I saw that this is how hmm. it went down. But it's a great move for the Padres. It really is. Because, again, you know, the, the Paddock Clevenger one-two punch now is real, should be feared. And I, I think Clevenger will be very good for them. Yeah, absolutely. And think about it. You know, they, they have... 
guys in that lineup. Will Myers was hot to start. Eric Hosmer went yard yesterday. Don't forget about Machado in there. And, of course, who I believe right now is the NL MVP, Fernando Tatis. I saw, however, you were like, eh, on that. Where would your vote go, Kev? Yeah, no, it's Mookie Betts. That's all. Tatis is right there. I get it. Um, I think it's still Mookie Betts. I know you can talk about the other guys that are uh, around. But look, you're still at the plate by yourself. It's not as if uh, the Padres are not giving offensive support to Fernando Tatis. And then defensively, I mean, Mookie Betts might be the best defensive player in baseball. He's certainly up there. So that's all. Slight thing. All right. I I, I buy that right now. We will see how the... uh, Hey, there you go. We'll see how the rest of the season does play out, right? We got about 40% of the games to go. But I will say this. Everybody is starting to be enamored with the fathers, right? You and I were early with it. But they, a lot of people are like, oh, this is legit. This is real. Not to be outdone, in my humble opinion, Kev, is the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays, who are now three games over 500, you've been making the point that the eight AL playoff teams are pretty much locked in, right? There's a huge, it's something like 90, 95% playoff probability for the eight teams in the American League. And Kev, look at what the Blue Jays have done. In this trading deadline, they get two deals with Seattle, right? Previously, the Vogelbach to be a bat and the corner infield. The Taiwan Walker deal, right? Also with Seattle to get another arm. And he pitched well in his debut with Toronto. Then yesterday, Kev, they get Robbie Ray from Arizona to put into that rotation. And I believe that is no small thing. They get Jonathan VR for the top of that lineup for some speed there out of Miami. And from the Dodgers, who apparently have enough arms that they can sell. They get Ross Stripling, another nice arm. We knew about the Toronto Blue Jays and their young kids, right? The Biggios, the, the I almost said Bagwell because I'm just thinking about all the kids down there. The mm. Biggios, the Guerreros, the Goriels, right? We know about that. Our question with them was going to be their pitching. Kev, now they can run out Hinjin Ryu, Robbie Ray, Taiwan Walker, Ross Stripling, and others. Remember the kid Nate Pearson and some others. I mean, is it going to scare anybody? No. But it's legit and can be competitive with that offense. I think the Blue Jays are also seeing that the time is now and they're moving forward. And I got to tell you the truth. In the context of this American League, I like it, Kev. So we talked about the pennant uh, market. That was over there at the FanDuel Sportsbook and how the Blue Jays sat there at 45 to 1 on the same line as the LA Angels and below the 40 to 1 price that was posted on the Texas Rangers. Well, the Angels continue to move on from some pieces and they sit there now 65 to 1. Rangers moved on from Lance Lynn and they sit there 65 to 1. I would love to know what the cash out options are now on a Blue Jays 45 to 1 ticket as it has now Mm. been moved. To thirty-one to one, still a monster number. So that's a that's a massive move from that forty-five to one market that was there literally Friday, and I actually think it might have been there yesterday. 
No, absolutely. Okay. So those are the two teams that I think are the big winners in this MLB trading deadline, but there were other moves of note, you know, Colorado who is still in it, right. But faltering a little bit, they take Kevin Pillar off the Boston Red Sox who are definitely tanking and Oakland made a couple of moves, right. To kind of augment their roster as well. Getting starting pitcher, Mike Miner in the division from the Texas Rangers. Maybe that signals what Texas is doing. I believe they also in the division get Tommy La Stella, Oakland, another team going for it. Out of these other moves, and there were a handful. The Mets were busy, some other busy teams as well. What um, you know, what crossed your radar and made you get a double take? For me, it's Toronto and the Padres with some, some other deals. What other deal uh kind of uh, caught your eye? Honestly, it and it's just a it's a simple thing, it's a silly thing. But the whole Todd Frazier ending up on the Mets felt like yeah. one of the most random moves. Like imaginable. I just also yeah. thought it was a bit suspicious that the Marlins sold and bought by yes. moving on yes. from Jonathan VR and others, but also the again Marte, Darling Marte. Yeah, I did think that was interesting as well. The buying and selling of the Marlins, right? Moving VR as that piece to a contender is a definite sell move. But then taking Starling Marte, as you see right now, a two-time gold glover and a former all-star, you know, getting him back from Arizona would suggest the opposite. So it is very interesting. When we come back, we look at the games in Major League Baseball. We look at the standings in Major League Baseball. There is a few divisional matchups that we have to talk about because Kevin, we are in the second half of the season. The trade deadline has now passed. We are in the stretch run. We will talk about it when we come back. But first, let's get that Sports Grid news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here on the early line, including our radio audience from around the country, especially our folks over on the West Coast, the mightier 1090. Thanks for waking up early with us. I'm Dane Martinez. My main man, Kevin Walsh, helps me every weekday morning put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, let's look at Major League Baseball here and some of the games on tap for today. You know what I find interesting, Kev? Like, Last week, when we were kind of stepping back, looking at some of the division numbers, you know, when we were at the nominal halfway point of the season, one of the things we pointed out was potential value in the American League Central as per the division races. At that point in time, last Thursday or Friday, the Minnesota Twins were in first place, but the White Sox and Indians were nipping at their heels. And the White Sox and Indians were, correct me if I'm wrong, Kev, were both around like plus 270, plus 290, whereas the Twins were still your favorites. And we thought that was value because as we woke up early this week, the standings could look a lot different. And what do you know? Those Minnesota Twins are now in third place 
in that division. They have lost their last six, Kev, including last night when the Chicago White Sox got an 8-5 victory off of them. Luis Robert, the stud rookie, he goes yard. And then today, Kev, they are back at it. The White Sox send Dallas Keuchel to the hill with his 2.7 ERA, a 5-2 record. He's been doing well for the White Sox. The Twins answer with Michael Pineda making his season debut. Hopefully, there's not an obvious amount of pine tar on his neck. Is this going to continue going the way it's gone the last few games? Will the Twins continue to fade in this division, Kev? Shout out, Big Mike. Uh, awesome to see him on the bump. Uh, look, so the, the White Sox are, are playing some real good baseball. They were down 4 nothing in that game. And in fact, then they were down again 5-4 uh, after they tied it up 4-4. And they still came away. Louis Robert is probably yeah. up there in uh, AL MVP voting. He looks fantastic. For the Twins, though, the one thing that they've been able to hang their hat on is that they've been very, very good at home. This is not as okay. much of a, oh, this team can't lose seven in a row. No, listen. And I don't know, Dane. You would know, you would know better than me. I, I don't know if there's always seven-game losing streaks every season, but I'm just not paying enough of attention to baseball uh, day in and day out. But yeah, it certainly feels like we have way more of these losing streaks than I, mean, <laughs> I remember. Um, I think it is think, normal, more normal than you would think. It's just everything highlighted yeah, with the condensed sure. season. Yeah. But I actually think I would want to come back around on the Twins here today. They're they're twelve and four on the year at home. They've been very very good okay. there. Though to, to the White Sox credit, they're eleven and four on the road. Um, but I still would like to try and back the Twins here at a very low number. They would be getting plus money in some places. I'm seeing the White Sox early as minus 115 um, as a small, small favorite in some places. But, you know, the, the Twins, they've got to get back up on the good foot, okay? Because not only is it them losing six in a row, but unlike most other divisions, Kev, there's two teams that are also there that are serious contenders, right? This is one of the divisions we believe could have three entrants into the playoffs. All the more reason, all the more pressure on the Minnesota Twins. You know, one of those teams is the Cleveland Indians, Kev. And the Cleveland Indians made that move with Clevenger. And Kev, they had Bieber on the mound yesterday. And Bieber pitches fine. But ultimately, they do not get a victory in a Bieber start. It's almost like, you know, ask Met fans about Jacob DeGrom starts in that vein. But Bieber on the hill, yet still, the Kansas City Royals beat the Indians 2-1. Um, you know, Bieber pitched well for six innings. But then the, uh, the Royals come back on that bullpen. It just proves to show on any given day. I think Bieber was a huge favorite. Some people even played him on the run line. Line, but still, the Royals get that 2-1 victory, halting the Indians' win streak. They are now a game back of the Chicago White Sox. You think, I believe they're sending Plesak on the hill. You know, they 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 um, they trade Clevenger, but Plesak back on the mound for the Indians today. How do you think this one? They get one back against Kansas City? And let me just say, though, this is the thing about betting baseball that is very difficult. If you guys are like, listen, they got Bieber on the mound. I'm going to trust this team. You know what? I'll just yeah. I'll, I'll toss them in my parlays, and we'll yep. be all good. Well, Shane Bieber, Shane Bieber gave you six innings, nine strikeouts, one hit, no runs. Sounds and good. You lost because this is still two sided, right? Like if I tell That's you right. LeBron's going to dominate a game, and then LeBron yeah. dominates the game, probably going to win my bet. You take your chances. But Shane Bieber was fantastic yesterday. 
and justified his minus 250 price. Unfortunately, yep. though, you know, you had Keller on the other side pitch almost, you know, as well and kept his team in the game. And the Royals were able to get to the bullpen. So I just think it's one of those reasons why when you see those minus 250 numbers with yeah. Cleveland, because you will see them because of their pitching, you have to be cautious because their offense does still leave a, a bit to be desired. One of the lower scoring offenses in the American League. I, I actually think they are, uh, kind of as I'm looking at it here, I think they're the third lowest scoring offense in the American League. So I think that, that is worth uh, noting when it comes to this team and those monster numbers. Do I want to back them today to not lose a second in a row to Kansas City? On the surface, yes. Um, police act against Harvey, that's a big edge. But again, like I've seen the Royals for no reason win two in a row and you think that they would never even win two. So I, I might just have to pass on the game as a whole. You are right about the Cleveland Indians. They have the third fewest runs in the American League behind only the Kansas City Royals, who they play today, hmm. and the Texas Rangers. That's in the AL Central. Kev, I, I see the pennants behind you. I know about our love and fandom. Kev, the Tampa Bay Rays are now 7-1. and one. Against the New York Yankees this season, they get another victory against the New York Yankees yesterday, this time 5-3. Glasnow was good. They get another win. They are now four and a half games up, Kev, on the New York Yankees in this division. And I have to give another number out because it's crazy. They're four and a half games up. Kev, they are that with 26 left to play. What's your level of concern for the Yankees vis-a-vis the division title? Oh, I mean, like, in terms of do I think they'll win the division title? Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. no, they're, no they're, they're, they probably will not be doing that. Um, that's okay. going to be a very, very difficult thing, uh, considering that it's not just that the Rays are in front of them, but the Rays have now the best record in the American League at 25-11. and 11. Sure do. Four and a half back is, is, you know, it's not insurmountable. My concern level for the Yankees, though, if we're taking that temperature, remains non-existent. They're fine. Okay. They really are. Uh, I was talking about this yesterday on In-Game Live. I'll just quickly say with Scott Wetzel. Mm-hmm. And he was like, listen, I'm just saying, you know, uh, the Yankees, you know, they don't have that big of an edge on the teams out there in front of. It's a good point. So let's just make this point. Yeah. They are two and a half games up on the nine seed. Okay? But here are the four teams that you have to go nine down. Detroit is 9. Baltimore is 10. Seattle right. is 11. And Kansas City is 12. I am not concerned. The healthy Yankees were 9-2. and two. As long as they get healthy, and as of now, I'm going to assume that they will get healthy, they will be fine. I hear you. I hear you. And you're right. Like a healthy Yankees team with those bats, uh, with Britain back in the bullpen, you know, uh, Paxton potentially in the rotation and feeling good. I hear you. How would you feel right now in a game one, Kevin, against the Cleveland Indians in like a four five matchup when you're running out Garrett Cole and the opposition is running out Shane Bieber? How would you feel, Kev? Are the Yankees bats there? Because then I feel great. That team can't score. Okay. Like, and, okay. and, and, and the Yankees bats will do enough. I'm, and look, and this is why I, you know, again, just being, you know, totally forward with it. Like, 
this is why I've lost a level of interest when it comes to this baseball season. Wait, now, a lot of the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. Yeah, but because the Yankees aren't playing interesting baseball, right? They keep losing, but there's not. Yeah. I mean, they have a ninety-eight point six percent chance to make the playoffs. Like, I don't feel that pressure about whether they'll get there. They're not healthy. It's just okay. Just let me know who they draw on the first. Do you think? Because this is yeah. the thing, right? We can talk about, man. Do you want to see Bieber? Do you want to see Blake Snell? You know, you know what I mean? Do Not you want to see Giolito? Do you think these teams want to see the New York Yankees? No. That's those are the teams that are gonna get screwed. The team that the team that finishes second, right, in all of the American League and then has to play the Yankees for their troubles. No, I hear you. And obviously Yankees fans can be like, yeah. like, oh, we got Garrett Cole, right? Although Garrett Cole now has lost uh, his last two outings. But absolutely, I am with you. You know, if they are healthy, that should be job number one. But it is kind of like the pros and the cons of the expanded playoff field, right? Because you can still, despite this losing ways that the Yankees have been in recently, still feel very confident and comfortable. As we talked about, eight teams have like a 90% probability of being in there. If this was last year... And only five teams were in it, then maybe you would feel a different level of pressure. I do just want to mention one other team, the Atlanta Braves. They beat the doormats that are the Boston Red Sox last uh, last night, 6-3. Max Freed, man. Another impressive performance. You know, we're talking about guys like Bieber. I got to tell you, Freed moves to 6-0. and Atlanta in first place. Everyone was worried when Sorotka went down. Could he be the NL version of Bieber and, in essence, be the leader in the clubhouse for the Cy Young? I think he leads the e- in ERA. He's 6-0 and for a team in first place. Shout out to Max Freed. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's been fantastic. I actually think he leads... Um, the entire National League in total war. Like if you were to bring pitchers yeah. and position players um, as a whole, it's been great for this team. And they're going to need guys to step up. And that's exactly what he's done. Uh, you know, you look at the National League, the Dodgers, it's the Cubs, the Padres, yeah. the Braves, and then everybody else. All right, so listen, we talked about some of the American League games, the tightness at the top of the American League East and Central. When we come back, we will turn our attention to those Atlanta Braves and to the National League as we continue kind of debriefing the trade deadline, where we sit in the standings and the games tonight right here on the early line. Come on back and spend the rest of the morning with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Kev, the American League is interesting because, honestly, we're talking a lot about positioning. And matchups, right? Because even though there's only, there's like 25 games left, the eight teams that we believe will make up the eight teams in the playoffs, as you've mentioned, are pretty much set, right? I'd be willing to put a legitimate amount of money, Kevin, that the Rays, Yankees, Blue Jays, White Sox, Indians, Twins, Astros, and A's will be the American League playoff field. Are you cool with that? Are you with me on that? Yeah, I don't again. Right? If you say no, then you are saying that one of the four worst teams in baseball, the Tigers, the Royals, the Orioles, and the Mariners, are making the playoffs. Because the other right. teams that you would have been interested in, the Red Sox, the Angels, and the Rangers, are the three worst that. teams in the division. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, okay? So we're talking about matchups. Do you want to draw Shane Bieber? Do you want to have technical home field advantage and last licks? That's what we're talking about in the American League, unless something unforeseen happens. The National Mm -hmm. League, Kev, I think is different, right? Because as we mentioned yesterday, there's only four teams above 500, okay? And that's the Braves who lead the East, the Central leading Cubs, the Dodgers who are running away and hiding in the West, and as we know, everyone's new darling, the Fathers. Outside of that, you know, everybody's still very, very tight, Kev. Okay, so I turn my attention right now to the NL East, where the Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies are literally right there at 500. And you mentioned it with the Marlins, Kev. It's ironic that in their move, they both bought and sold, right? It was kind of interesting, them trading away Pilar, but trading for, who was it? Oh, Starling Marte, who they traded for. Technically, they're in the playoffs right now, Kev. Unlike Toronto, unlike San Diego, who are shoving all in, the rest of these games are going to matter in Miami. I don't know if that's a moral victory for this team. Remember, they have a lot of games to make up, games in hand as well. Well, they also, Kev, starting today or today as part of it, have a ridiculous amount of travel recently. And this is the ripple effect of that pause, right? They were in New York, I believe, over the weekend. They fly down home for one home game, a makeup against Toronto, and then they're back on the road. I know these kids may be a little too too young and dumb and stupid to not know what they don't know and not care about this, but it has to war. It has to kind of wear on the Marlins over time. And they're now seeing a Toronto team that is in it and is feeling good because they were making moves. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Marlins were able to stop the bleeding a little bit. They had lost a number of games in a row. The Blue Jays lost for the first time in a while uh, in extras to the Baltimore Orioles. So uh, I think people are going to want to push on the Toronto side of things. I would say one of the more interesting things about the Miami Marlins is their 1-8 and eight home record. That is almost mm. impossible to understand. Because if you look at it, like the home road splits that exist for these teams, just in terms of record, like teams have been playing better at home. So it's hard to try. Like, why are the Marlins this bad at home? And is it something that we can legitimately just continually bet against? Or is it something that kind of has to come back to the middle? I think it's something that has to come back to the middle. You're You know what I mean? This regression law of averages, but this is almost a triple a squad. So maybe not, but I would think Mm. normally, you know, I, I would think that here's where the idea like that they're still in it helps this idea of positive home regression. Right. I do think, you know, as long as they still feel like they are viable and in the national league, if you are 500, you are, I think, some natural regression, which means some wins on the horizon in Miami for the Marlins could be on deck. I got to tell you the truth, Kev. As I look at these kind of 500 teams in the National League, and for that, just so you know for context, right, there's the four teams that are you know playing well that are probably playoff teams. As I look at this next group of teams, Kev, I see the Marlins. I consider Philly as part of that group at 500. I consider the Cardinals in that group. And then I consider some of these Western teams, right? The Rockies and even the Giants in that group. Okay. And so I want to ask you though about Philly, 
I want to ask you about Philly because I feel like they may be starting to play better. I mean, they're six and four in their last 10. And while that doesn't sound crazy, that's one of the better records over the last 10 in the National League. And they beat Washington yesterday, eight to six, right? Reese Hoskins with a homer and three ribbies. If I had to ride with one of these 500 teams, I think I might land on Philly, Kev, okay, because I think they have the ingredients before the season. We were talking about that offense. Aaron Nola is a legitimate stud at the top of that uh, rotation. I think I'm on Philly. I expect Philly at home now, again against Washington, to maybe stay a little bit hot. Out of this group of like 500 middling teams, I'm going to pick Philly as a team that I think can take a step forward. Who are you riding in this race out of these kind of mediocre NL teams? Welcome. Welcome over to the Philly side. Uh, it must have been yeah. a, uh, a tough trip. I told you about this. You were on the Mets. You did the Mets thing. You should know better. You live in New York. You know how stupid this team is. Come on. You know better. All right. Talk to me. They got Nola on the hill today. They got Nola on the hill today. He's been good. He's at home. They're minus 150. Do the Phillies start to become a little tier of as like teams like two games over 500? That's all they're going to need. And this is the big thing, though. You mentioned this this six and four. They're six. They've won six in their last seven. They are playing some very, very good baseball. There's also one thing I want to bring up because it's it's beyond weird. Um, but going into their last series with the Nationals, we saw the Nationals Twitter account uh, go for a nice swing about how, oh, Philadelphia didn't say it's hard uh, to beat the Phillies, but we disagree. And they have now lost, I think it's four or five straight games to the Phillies since that tweet. To the point now where in that tweet, it kind of included the all-time record along with kind of since 2012, 2016, and 2019. But they are now losing the all-time series to the Phillies. Like, that's how poorly that tweet has aged. So I'm all for uh, the Phillies consistently beating the Nationals. That way, that tweet remains on the timeline. As uh, one of the times we saw a social media account shoot its shot and completely airball. Absolutely. Uh, no no shortage of opportunities to throw shade from Kevin Walsh. The Phillies may be that squad. You know, on the morning after, Jared and Ariel talk a lot about strikeout props as well. And with Aaron Nola on the hill, that may be a viable way to play this game as well over his strikeout prop. I want to ask you about another team in that vein, Kev. I got to consider the St. Louis Cardinals in that vein as well. They are at 500 and they have a ton of games to make up, right? So if they get hot, they have an opportunity to get above 500. They won last night as well, seven to five over the Cincinnati Reds. Paul DeJong with a grand slam. Now they've got a tougher assignment, right? Because I talk about the Phillies. They're at home. They have their ace on the mound. Today, St. Louis. They're on the road, and they face Sonny Gray, who has been good. They are plus 146 on a money line. The Reds come back at home as minus 168 favorites. But I'm viewing the Cardinals, similar to the Phillies there, where the pedigree means they may poke mm. their head up. Do you agree with that on St. Louis? I like how you bring up the pedigree. So yesterday, yeah. before the, uh, they had played, I was on with both Cam and Gabe for game time decisions, and the, the line was a pick em. And I believe the, the line that Gabe used, was when you have two teams that are playing and one of them knows how to win and the other has no idea how to win, 
Right. And it's a pick'em. Just take the card, right? And now the, this is not a pick'em here today, but Huang Young Kim has been actually real good for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, in these last two starts, he's gone six strong, only given up three hits, no earned runs in those two outings here. So while Sonny Gray has been phenomenal uh, and is, you know, 5-1 on the year, ERA uh, below two, I, I wish they would have given you, Dane, that prop of will there be an ERA below two because you'd have a couple of real good shots there. Um, and you hmm. were talking about that a lot coming into the season. Yeah, we were. I, I think I think the Cardinals had a big plus money is not bad. I think even the under, though, here of eight and a half, uh, despite it being in the Great American Ballpark, still could be an interesting play. All right, fair enough. And the last game I want to talk to you about here, I want to go back. I kind of want to go back to the American League. We didn't talk about the West, and you got these Houston Astros. And it's so interesting to me. I wanted to get zoom out a little bit here on the Astros. Before the season started, Kev, the mm. Astros were the headline story, right? There was a scandal. We didn't know how it would play for them. They were going to get hate everywhere they've gone. And honestly, for a lot of reasons, right? Coronavirus being one, the emergence of some young teams that are, you know, taking steps forward in San Diego and Toronto and Chicago being another, right? The craziness of this season. The Houston Astros are sort of now, Kev, kind of flying under the radar. You know, the Yankees will never fly under the radar, right? Teams that are showing up and showing out in the Central are here. It feels to me like instead of the Houston Astros being the attention of everybody getting hate, they're kind of just going about their business, right? Hanging in there, still five games over. They're going to make it. And it's similar to with the Yankees, right? Wake me up when we get there. And we'll see if, you know, we'll see if Altuve... And Bregman and all those guys are ready to go then. They probably will be. Are they flying under the radar at this point? You talked about Luis Robert as an AL Rookie of the Year award winner. Kyle Tucker on Houston is starting to come into his own as well. Like, they've still got all the pieces. Are they under the radar right now? They play Texas again in the series right now. No, it is a good point. Jose Altuve is batting a miserable 211. Oh, wait, what were we talking about? Look, this Astros team is... um, they, they still but like with the Yankees, there. right? You're like, wake me up when they're there. If they're there and they're complete, I'm cool with it. Why don't you say the same thing with the Astros? Well, the Astros lost a considerable amount of pieces. And okay. we, remember when Verlander was out for the year and then he's like, no, I'll be back yes. in a couple of weeks. And then we've not. <laughs> yes, I do. Since. Like, I don't know what's happening with that. Um, but that was the big, you know, the Jordan Alvarez. Like, that was something that we never really had the opportunity yes. to talk about here. On the show, like he's not like they've lost pieces through the off season. They've lost pieces during the season that are you know considerable things. And to be honest with you, like the reason that this team was a big story is because they were up there as one of the best teams in baseball. But the Astros are not a look. They're not going to consistently be one of the main stories in all of baseball. It depends on how good they are. But we also lost what was the most enticing thing which was them traveling because that now is irrelevant. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where they, they are what they are. See, when we get to the postseason, nobody likes them when they get matched up, Hmm. you know, outside of the West, potentially in the playoffs, we'll see if somebody wants to take a shot. And that's just kind of what it is. It's just the, the, what was going to get people excited about this team Right, 
isn't there. And it's one of those things where they're not terrible, right? If they were the Red Sox or the no. Angels, then we would talk about it more as kind of like a ha-ha. And they're not going to be the playoffs. To where it's like, yeah, but let's look at this team they battled through. They are they're 19 and 14. They have the, you know, they're tied for the fifth best record in the American League. Yeah. Jose Altuve is batting 211, though, which is very important. Yep. And they are now the seventh choice to win the World Series. I think they started the year as the third choice. It is now up to 14 to 1 around the same level as the Braves. Oh, and the Padres. What do you know? And to your point, Altuve, maybe the 211 is, uh, you know, bang, bang, bang. I digress. We talk about morning after. It's coming up next after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm telling you, you got to keep it locked all day long. I mean, the NFL season is only a week and a day or two away, so injuries and issues there impact week one. We're into the second round of the NBA playoffs, and we're past the trading deadline and in the stretch run of Major League Baseball, so there's obviously news that you have to follow if you want to make it a profitable day after us is the morning after right here on sports grid and so we spend a couple of minutes with our homegirl ariel epstein and i gotta tell you ariel i have fantasy drafts literally tonight okay and we know about leonard fournette the question is how do you handle a guy like alvin kamara who has missed the last three days of practice they're saying it's contract negotiations and you know we have seen this precedent before you know lev bell zeke elliott melvin gordon i don't think it's gonna go that far well, what do you think is the ending of this story between Kamara and the Saints? What worries me with the running back of the Saints, Alvin Kamara, is he came to training camp for the first few weeks, then decided he was going to sit out. He's also been very open in the past telling his agent to not and telling the media, right. don't worry don't about the contract, I've got it, it under yeah. control. And then he, all of a sudden he sits out. Now, after last year where he had knee and ankle injuries, now I'm trying to think, did he feel a little bit of pain in any of those areas that made him think, I don't want to get hurt in training camp and it might hurt my chances of a big-time contract? That's kind of where my head went. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting. Kevin and I were talking about it and, you know, how these running backs, do they deserve it? Are they worth it above the fold, kind of, to get that contract? When, as you know, Ariel, running backs come a dime a dozen. But the window for the Saints is right now. I think they may need to pay the man as long as number nine is under center. But I know you're going to be talking about that. I know you're going to be talking about everything under the sun, including soccer and golf. Have a good day, Ariel. Tell Jared we said hello and for everybody watching right now, keep it locked on SportsGrid. The morning after is up next. Have a great day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.